Real Goddess, Discovering Your Divine Destiny by Cherie Sandal, Episode 76, Productivity. Real Goddess is the most important thing you can know about in your life. Real Goddess is more than an inner voice that might set her above others or that only works for her. She benefits everyone. The potential goddess is not saying she and God are equals, but as any parent would hope, made the same as her makers, with the same potential end, a sum total of a life well lived as she becomes love. And I'm here to rope you in, sister. I read about a study of someone who found 200 of the wisest people. These were people who had been successful in life and who people generally pointed their fingers at when they thought of wise people. And they asked them what their ideas were of a wise person and what had been good for them in their life and made them successful. And they narrowed it down to five things that the wisest people do. I'm just going to wet your appetite with that because I'm not going to tell you yet. I was very intrigued to find out what those five things were so that I could know in 20 or 30 years what I might be telling someone else what I did that was wise. I really wanted to know the secret, the secret to life. But first I want to talk about something in regards to productivity and that is the energy reserves that each person has. I used to think that We would just be filled with energy from morning to night, and I tried to live that motto, to just keep going, keep going. What didn't kill me would make me stronger, until it caught up to me, and my pushing it and my overworking everything led to burnout. Well, we have so much energy that we can allot hour by hour, day by day, week, month, year, and decades by decades. And if we pull it from one place, we will have to compensate it elsewhere. If we draw the energy in one week, there might be a way that we have to compensate in another week for that energy being drawn. And I'm starting to realize this so that I can allocate that energy better so that I don't just run on empty. So I remember one time I had the opportunity to speak to someone who had written a book that I was really excited about and created a program that I had been in. And I was going to be considered as a mentor for this program. And I was going to be talking to the head honcho guy that I'd been listening to hours a week for several years and I was so excited to talk to him and I wasn't sure how to prepare but I decided just to be myself and so I had like a 15 minute little time to interview to be interviewed to see if I would be a good mentor which later I did qualify for it fortunately but I was pleased as I went through this interview with this man how he made me feel at home And how I felt like what I was saying was funny in a good way and kind of witty. And pretty soon I was feeling pretty confident. And I thought, man, this guy really does know what he's doing. 
because I didn't feel like a doofus and like I just didn't even know what I was talking about. I felt on fire. Well, when I hung up with him, I was so excited. I was like dancing around the house. I was running to one end of the house and jumping and then running to the other end of the house and jumping. And I was so happy. And I was like, I felt so good about that. You know, like I felt that winning feeling like I am definitely going to get this position, which I did. And I was so full of energy at that point. Well, fast forward several hours and it was about nine o'clock at night and I was dead to the world. I was so emotionally and physically exhausted. And I thought, what happened? I had so much energy early. How come it didn't sustain me for the rest of the day? Well, it's that little formula that I said earlier that if you're going to pull it from somewhere, it's got to be compensated somewhere. So I just had to turn in and go to sleep early and wake up refreshed the next morning. I know that there are times that I need to plan for that energy be, the energy being expended. When I stick my hand on my blender and it whirls, for some reason, that high energy motion, I'm sticking my hand on the top to make sure it doesn't blow away because it's a blend tech and it's pretty powerful. And I just want to make sure everything's good and holding down. But when it whirs, I feel energy. But I know that if I live, let too much energy go into that blender action, I will later regret it and wish, oh, I need this energy now somewhere else because I, bl I blew it on the blender. Or maybe there's social situations where I am putting myself out there socially and it becomes anxiety ridden and I am exhausted. So it's an introvert reaction that when someone goes into a social situation and they extrovert themselves above what they normally would, they are going to become exhausted. So sometimes I just know to leave early if I'm starting to feel that exhaustion set in because I'm putting too much out. I'm like, okay, you need to back off. Or I need to go do something else for a little while or go hang out in the car until I recapture myself so that I can be calm again so I don't waste all the energy depending on what has to happen the rest of the day. Maybe I've been part of a good performance and I'm so excited that night and like maybe I can't even go to sleep and I'm thinking of all the good places I did musically or on stage or whatever and I can't even go to sleep but the next morning I am dead to the world. So I've learned to save those reserves for the coming day, coming week, coming month, vacation and so forth. And if you're sick, or your children need an added dose of you, or you're about ready to leave on a big vacation, or an energy expander that you see approaching, so those are the times to save up now, so that when it happens, then you won't be totally burnt out and exhausted after, which usually I am after anyway too, but I learn how to allocate it and meet it to before that time. And then it's good to know, what are your energy drainers or depleters? And how do you know if something's draining or depleting you? Have you even stopped to think about it? Well, I think you can feel it within yourself. What it actually feels like to have that energy sapping out of you. And pretty soon your posture sinks and you just kind of melt forward and have a hard time walking and exerting yourself. 
And sometimes you can just feel that energy leaving. I feel energy depleting cleaning the house, whereas some people that get them excited, like my sister, driving a long place and situations with a lot of people. So I am aware of what these drainers or depleters are. And then there are equilibrators, which I'm not even sure if it's a word, but it seemed to work. It creates equilibrium. So when I have spent a morning cooking a nice breakfast and people partake of my good breakfast, that refills me for the effort it took for me to put it in to be able to create that breakfast. So the making of the breakfast drained me, but then I equilibrate, equal, whatever, whatever. I, I find equilibrium in that people benefited from my tasty breakfast that I made. Same with exercise. I know it's going to be kind of hard to put myself out there, but once I do, I get paid back for it later and it seems to equal out. Same with cleaning a closet. I put it out there and later I realize how good it feels to have that clean closet. Mowing the lawn. Getting ready for a barbecue. I love that feeling right before people come and the house is clean. The children's faces sparkle. The food is ready to go. And there's a little pause where I always go and fix myself up because what good is anything else if you look like a mess? So there's that moment where I think this was all worth it. And now I'm just going to kick back and enjoy my company and the food. And we're going to have an awesome time. That's an equilibrator. Then there's energy builders. For me, that's volleyball. When I go play volleyball, I have a hard time falling asleep and I seem to have plenty of energy. I may not be able to run after my children, but I can run after that ball just fine. Or being around a select few of my favorite people just really builds me and gives me the energy I need for days after I've just been with them for a little while. Reading a great book is an energy builder to me, maybe because it calms down my mind and allows me to have energy for what I need to do later. And writing and creating things is an energy building so that I'm ready to go after I've written something and felt like it filled me up and made me excited. So begin to notice these things if you haven't already and find the happy balance that makes it all worth living. So then I've got a question for you. Do you think there's such a thing as accomplishment addiction? Yes. Accomplishment addiction is when you always want to feel productive and accomplished. Is it possible that's even an addiction? Well, they say that we can be addicted to anything. So I would say that yes. And I would say that sometimes I fall into the category of accomplishment addiction. We do have a drive within us to do good and to produce more. But is that a cursing or a blessing to want to do a lot of goodness? I remember reading when I was in college, this little poster that was hanging up on the chalkboard, not whiteboard, chalkboard back then. Most of us spend half our time dreaming dreaming about what we could have if we didn't spend half of our time dreaming. And I thought, well, that must mean that I need to be working. I need to be doing something productive. I can't just sit back. I also remember one time sitting in a church lesson, a Sunday school lesson at church, and the teacher said, okay, now I want you all to just sit still for one minute and just be quiet. So we were all quiet for one whole minute, which seemed impossibly long. And finally, when it was over, she said, 
What do you think you could do in that one minute? And I thought, well, if that seemed impossibly long, there must be a lot I could fit into that minute. And I can fit lots into the other minutes and into all the days and the years. And I remember being very excited about being successful and accomplishing things. We live in a society where productivity is valued and sought after for increasing efficiency and thus money. So me, myself, my effective personality wants production and accomplishment. It's always in the back of my mind. What is the better way to do this to get the best result is the question that my mind is always asking. What is the efficient way? For me, it's a concern, actually, that if I'm doing enough on earth, then I am going to be valuable enough. So I want to accomplish. I want to be productive. Yet, sometimes, it's probably not my best interest. And as a side note, it's not so much about making money for me, though the world, that's usually what their end goal is. It's how efficient am I in creating the end result mission that God sent me here to do. Is my time here valuable, that one minute times a million, and I'm not languishing or slothful or being lazy? Well, what this has meant for me, trying so hard to be successful and productive, is that accomplishment energy makes it so that it's harder for me to shoot the breeze or to kick back or to focus on building relationships. Some people will say, well, isn't that the end goal of everything is to build relationships? And I think, well, I don't know if I just put on a beautiful spread for a meal. I just like to look at the beautiful spread. And then eventually people come and eat it. And that had nothing to do really with the people. It had to do with the artistic creation of how everything looked on the table. So to me, it's not always about building relationships, but that's probably what it should be. I remember one time I was in this group that I had paid to be part of, and it was all about meeting your goals. And when I talked with my personal trainer in this group, she said, okay, here are the six categories for goals that we need to be doing. What can you do? So I kind of started talking, and I think she caught on to this idea that I am an accomplishment kind of a person. And so when she said, well, are you reading your scriptures? I said, well, yes, I read my scriptures every day. Maybe I could add something else onto it. Even though I'm already reading a spiritual magazine that goes along with this, maybe I could add on another thing. And I thought that she might be proud of my drivenness to want to add something else. And she intuited fairly well, I think, that what I really needed is to just appreciate what I'm getting done in what I'm already doing. So she said, when you sit down to read your scriptures, I want you to say this mantra. I am satisfied that I am doing just what I need to. And then for my other goals, she had me stretch myself in new and different ways that I hadn't done yet that weren't the way that I normally accomplish things. For example, I decided to contact a new person every day for the 90 days I was in this program, which was a stretch. And also kind of working on that relationship piece that made me feel accomplished and in a sociable way, pushing myself. I have to remember when I feel this accomplishment energy rearing its sometimes ugly head, Be still and know that I am God. 
or the bounty of the earth is yours. Is that addictive to want to keep busy or go into depression from not having enough to do? Or is it okay to just kick back and be still and know that I am God? I can dip into depression if I'm not getting that accomplishment feeling that I like. I think about guards who stand at the palace gate and have nothing to do and nothing to accomplish when no one's coming or going. I think I will go crazy to be a guard. So how do you know if you have an accomplishment addiction? Well, here are some of the things that I've asked myself through the years as I've realized that this could be an unhealthy desire to succeed. First of all, am I in my head or in my heart? If I'm too much in my head, I'm just going to be doing, 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 thinking, thinking, thinking. If I'm too much in my heart, which is not something that I struggle with, but for those who are a lot in their heart, they're overly emotional and they can't hardly get anything done because they're just so pushed and affected by their feelings. But it really should be a balance. So where's the balance there of head or heart? Another question. Is time and energy and stress manageable? Are you getting good sleep, nutrition, exercise, sociability, and time with the divine? If you're feeling overly stressed and pushed, you're probably feeding that addiction to want to accomplish more. If you don't have time to do anything, you probably need to back off and say, what's happening here? Am I, am I feeding the un, unsatiable dragon who just wants me to keep moving and keep doing? Another question, are people around you reasonably satisfied with your showing up? Not to a codependent extent, but are you kind of doing what you're expected do, to do in your relationships with others, like mothering or being a wife? Are you reaching out to others? especially when it feels pointless, like, why am I doing this? But it's probably because you're stuck in the addiction of wanting to accomplish and it feels pointless to reach out to other people. So I know that I need to slow down and step back a little bit when I don't want to text someone and ask them a funny thing or share something with them or whatever. Are your values and principles honored and biggest priorities happening? Or is it all meted out in one area? Like, is it all mental? Is it all emotional? Is it all social? Or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. If I did a, a pie chart of what I value, would it be fairly meted out throughout those various categories like financial and spiritual, emotional, and so forth, social? Are they fairly balanced as you look at it on a pie chart? Are the things you are accomplishing helping you grow in wisdom, stature, in alignment with being in favor with God and man? Those are four things there. Wisdom, statue, stature, and being spiritual and being at one with yourself. So those that's kind of the litmus test of how are you doing with perhaps being addicted to getting things done? I believe some personalities really do just like to be doing, but check into why you are doing what you're doing. Is it for validation, pride, the need for stimulation, wanting to compensate for past failures, to find a solution for our problems, 
probably taking too much control and not trusting God if it becomes too extreme. Why are you doing what you are doing? Is it part of a life plan, a desire to bring to pass much good? So you might want to check in with God and say, hey, how are things going? Am I doing okay in my life plan? And am I doing the things that matter most? When I do this, most of the time, I get one of two answers. One, you don't need to do so much. It's like, settle down, back off. Don't push yourself so hard. Or two, you're doing just fine. You're right on track. And I rarely get told to do more. But I have an intrinsic feeling within that I can do much, especially with God on my side. So I make sure I check in with God to make sure I am doing things according to the priority for my life plan. And then I practice understanding those things more and more in the moment of whether or not I should do a thing and why. So I might even just have some awareness of, is it smart for me to be doing this thing on Thursday nights? Or is this really just feeding my my tendency to want to be successful and productive. All right, we are to the point where I'm going to tell you the five things the wisest people do. One, they live in the moment. Like they say, you can plan for the past and prepare for the future, but live right now. Two, they give more than they take. Which I would say, I've thought this through a a lot in the past, and I think that when you are giving, you are actually receiving because there's a good feeling, almost like that accomplishment addiction. But that's the second one. They give more than they take. Three, live without regrets. So this probably also assumes some forgiveness in there and some letting go of the past to live without regrets and just know that everything is happening just right. Four, be yourself. And I think that when people get older, they do just start to be more of themselves instead of trying to please everyone. So I see that as a really wise thing to just say, yep, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be me and I am not going to apologize. Can you guess what the fifth one is? Well, the fifth one is become love. Which I've kind of thought is the premise of this Real God podcast is all about trying to become more love. So that is one of those five wise things that they do, is become love. The wisest of people find that productivity is found in the things we might not think productive. To live in the moment. I guess it could be productive, but there's not not very much planning for that. Give more than you take? Well, again... Not terribly productive, though I guess it could be depending on how you look at it, because a lot of people are producing to take. To live without regrets. That is more about the past, not about producing of the future. Be yourself is about living in the present and not being productive necessarily, though I I guess I can see it in the moment. And then becoming love doesn't really have a tangible outcome that we can hold and share. It's just part of your heart and who you are, which, is that productive? Well, I don't know. I asked myself the question, would you rather be right or would you rather be loving? Some people would say, well, how come you have to have one or the other? How can't you be right and loving? 
but I have found that to be loving, I have to be willing to be wrong. That's just a side thought. How about the potential goddess? She is wise and does those five wise things and more. She is able to live in the moment, give more than she takes, which is really just a balance of loving others and self. Like I talked about, you actually take when you're giving. She lives without regrets. For her regrets was what she learned on earth, to be done with guilt and the shoulds. Be herself, which goes without saying in the eternities. You're not going to be anybody else but yourself, because who cares about everybody else? And lastly, she has become love, the top characteristic of godliness in itself. She is a perfect equilibrator of energy reserves in her eternity. It flows perfectly and naturally, as it should. As a goddess of godly nature, she creates and produces naturally. She is in perfect balance, stability, and harmony with what she does and doesn't do. She's earned the power to orchestrate it all perfectly. I hope you will join me in awakening one million potential goddesses to their divine destiny by sharing this podcast and information with others that you think would benefit. And I hope that you find that happy balance of productivity in your life as well.